Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Shravan. We've got Tyron here with us. Hey, everyone. We're back in lockdown. We're back doing this episode remotely. So uh, if the audio isn't as good as it normally is, it's because we are recording from two different houses, but we'll, we'll try our best to keep the yeah. audio uh, as good as it normally is. So this week, we're talking about Loki. Disney Plus series Loki just ended on Wednesday and... We're here on Saturday, and we're gonna. We've had a bit of time to digest our thoughts on this as well. So we're gonna do a full series recap. We're gonna go through each episode in spoilers later, uh, but first we'll do some non-spoilers. And uh, I've got some background on the show, and I've got some background on Loki, the comic book character as well, as we always do with these comic book related properties. We do a bit of uh, of the comic book origins, and then I've decided to. Uh, reintroduce the who am i i'm bringing it back what are your thoughts on that i know why you're bringing it back because because <laughs> i did a repeated i did a repeated joke every time you did the who am i oh yes so <laughs> i'm guessing you're bringing it back for that for yeah. that scenario yes yeah sort of uh it's still yeah. it's uh, anyway I'll, I'll go through it we'll, we'll do it it's very a, very well shortly. i guess it's <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see which character it is. But yeah, if you haven't seen Loki, you can keep listening. So we're going to do full, everything will be non-spoiler until a certain point in the episode. And then we'll jump into full spoilers. So you can keep listening until then. And I'll put the timestamps in the description of the episode. Let's, let's get started. I'll start with the Who Am I? So this character is a Marvel character. They were first introduced in 1965 in the comic Avengers issue number 23. And the character was created by Stanley and Don Heck. So a little bit about the character themselves. So the character was the daughter of King Carilius, a ruler in the 40th century. The kingdom of Carilius is the last bastion of the civilization unconquered by Kang the Conqueror. Kang spared the kingdom because he was smitten with this character. 
Later, this character took another guise, that of the Terminatrix, to battle Kang himself. Kang ended up sacrificing himself for this character so that this character could go on living. In terms of the skills that this character has, so he's a skilled hand-to-hand combatant and is able to use technology far in advance of contemporary Earth technology. So, who am I? Did you think I would have get this? Possibly. <laughs> yeah, you thought you thought you you thought you tricked me. You thought you had it hard enough that I Yeah, I thought I thought you, I, you put the character you put the character that I normally guess in the Who Am I, so I can't guess him anymore. So yes, you thought you well, had me. Well it can't yeah. be yes, it can't mm. be Kang because yeah. well, Kang is in the description. Unless it's some sort yeah. of it's some sort of a variant situation which which is uh, what happens in this series so yeah, yeah. Well, but <laughs> but i gotta say i'm just i'm just two steps ahead of you because i know who this is all right well we'll find out at the end yeah. of the episode we're gonna go through we'll, we'll talk about loki and then we'll this uh obviously this character has something to do with with the marvel universe and possibly this yeah. series so we'll, well uh, you don't want that. me to guess it now now we'll we'll give the audience a bit of time to. There'll be some people that get it, but there there might there's actually clues throughout this this episode as well as to who this is. So yeah, we'll get into it. All right, a bit of background on the show itself. So obviously, it's only available on Disney Plus, starring Tom Hiddleston. Obviously, he's back as Loki. It's directed by Kate Heron. So I looked into what she's done in the past. So she's before this, she was known for directing some episodes for the Netflix series Sex Education. But before that, uh, she mainly did some shows in the UK. Uh, she did one show with Idris Alba called 5 by 5 and she was also listed in the Forbes 30 Under 30 for Europe in 2017. Mm, I'm also on that list. Yeah, for Europe, okay. For 2017 yeah. as well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're well under 30 then. Well, you're still under 30 and you're d- definitely it's under, under. It's, it's under 30. It doesn't matter how under 30 you are, you're <laughs> still on the list. In terms of audience viewership for this show, apparently it the first episode of this of this series was the most watched series premiere for Disney Plus in the opening week. It beat the first episodes for WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, as uh, quoted by CEO of Disney, Bob Chappick. Obviously, it's um, this is produced by Kevin Feige as he's involved in all the different Marvel properties. It's got six episodes. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but they have announced a season two of this show, which is a first because all the other Disney Plus shows did not, well, basically one and one and done. But this is not. So this is going to have a season two. And a word on Tom, Tom Hiddleston, the, the man himself. So he, he seems to be like a guy that actually really likes playing this character. Remember when he turned up to Comic-Con in, like, full costume and he, like, went on stage? And he also watches all the other Marvel movies as well. So I watched this other interview with him and they had, like, different questions. It was like a Marvel quiz and he could he answered everything. Like, he, he knows all the other movies. So obviously he likes, he likes his stuff. So he's not like some of the other actors in the Marvel universe that uh, basically just do their movies and that's it. Yep. Looking at Which is um, most of the other actors. Yeah, well... <laughs> There are some that don't even like watch any of the Marvel movies. You remember, mm. um, and this, Quite I mean, Paltrow. That, yeah, her and also Jake Gyllenhaal. Remember, there was that interview with him and Tom Holland, and uh, they're like, yeah. "Well, which is your favorite Marvel movie?" And he's like, "He's just waiting." And then Tom Holland's like, "Oh, I think it's Thor Ragnarok." And it's like, "Yeah, that's my favorite too." <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, yeah, I was Tom Holland's say that. another one that <laughs> Tom Holland's another one that likes the universe and he watches all of them. Watches all the movies, yeah. I'm not sure about But the most of ones. the other people uh the, Mark Ruffalo seems to I don't know, I follow them all on Instagram and so occasionally they put stuff up like yeah. they've watched it and they think it's good, so some of them do. Most of them don't. Most of them don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't think RDJ cares. Yeah, I don't think he cares. I think Chris Evans used to. I don't know if he still follows it now, but when he was yeah, when he was in the universe he was he was watching them. Quickly jump into some comic book origins. So when do you think Loki was introduced in the comics? At some point between one AD and now. <laughs> <laughs> You're being very specific there. <laughs> yeah, any point between then. I <laughs> know, uh, lots of these characters are introduced in the 60s, so probably then. Yeah, so this was actually a little bit earlier. So it was introduced in a comic called Venus, issue number six, in August of 1949. But then he was formally introduced as an Asgardian, like in the Thor universe, in Journey into Mystery, which was in 1962. He's created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. His full name is Loki Odinson, but he's also goes by Loki Laufison. Laufison. The Marvel movies actually follow his comic book origins reasonably closely. Like he's he was born in Jotunheim, which is the Frost Giants part of of Asgard. So he's a, he has Frost Giant origins. In terms of his powers, he's a master of manipulation and deceit, which he definitely is in the in the movies and in in the show as well. He's got superhuman strength, speed, durability, and longevity. Is that he's definitely got longevity? I'm not sure about superhuman strength. Does he have superhuman strength? Yeah, he does. Because he gets beat up by the Hulk and he doesn't die. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you don't seem like uh, he's not as strong as Thor. Like you can't punch people and they go flying and stuff. Yeah, but also he does stuff that normal people won't be able to do. Yeah. So he's got Asgardian powers, whatever that means. Astral projection, energy blasts, flight. I don't think he can fly in this, though. Maybe in the comics he can fly. No. Illusion casting, interdimensional teleportation, shape-shifting. His notable partnerships are with Enchantress and the Executioner. And I think we we haven't formally seen Enchantress, but Executioner was was that guy in Ragnarok? He's Carl Urban. Scourge, right? Yeah. So that's a bit about his comic book origins. And I think they've followed his origins pretty closely and they haven't deviated too much from his comic book character in the MCU. In the co- uh, in the comics he has a he has a son that's a horse. That's an eight-legged horse that Odin rides into battle. Okay. I guess they don't have that in this. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They didn't maybe it's a good reason they didn't uh, include that in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go into how that is even possible. <laughs> Let's jump into non-spoiler, our non-spoiler review, our non-spoiler thoughts on the show. So in terms of positives, I've got a couple. I, I like this show overall. I thought it was probably the best Disney Plus show we've had. I think I think it is for me. No, I think it's clearly, clearly yeah. the best one. Yeah, it's much better than the other two. Yeah. Not that the other two were bad. This one's just better. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best one. I, I don't think it's way better. But I think it was it was better for me anyway. In terms of positives, I thought it builds the way it built a new world. Basically, you could watch this as a standalone show as well. It's not that connected with the rest of the Marvel movies because it kind of shows you in the first episode itself. It shows you 
how this is connected to the Marvel movies, and then from there it kind of goes in a completely separate direction. So I thought that was good. It's very character-based. If I were to summarize the show, like what kind of genre it falls into, it's not really an action-heavy show. It has action, but that's not the main focus. I think it's a lot more about the characters, and a lot of the show is just characters having conversations, extended conversations. I actually, and it was well-written, so that's why it was quite engaging. And the pace of this show is uh, very fast. There's basically no dead weight. There's no filler. I can't think of anything to take out. Like Every episode, there's something that happens pretty much. Unlike the other two shows, there was definitely filler in the other two shows. Any other positives? Don't think so, no. I think I think that pretty much covers it. Visually, it's, it's pretty good as well. It's good, yeah. yeah. Music is good. Lots of people online talking about the music. Yeah, I like the music in this. It's got a nice theme. Yeah, casting's good. Everyone's good in it. The other two shows had pretty good production values as well. So it's basically movie production values. And this one's actually quite CGI high just because of the type of show it is. There's there's a lot more visuals on on the screen and they've done them pretty well. Yeah, overall, good. I was trying to think of negatives. I don't really, I don't really have any specific ones to be honest. Like it's, it's just really well done. I always like the character of Loki as well. I think that's a difference between this and the other shows is maybe the character of Loki is actually quite an interesting just because you don't know what he's up to. Like, you don't know what he's going to do. And they kind of use that because you can never trust this guy. But then the whole concept of the show is kind of based on sort of trusting a version of this guy, which uh, which is very interesting, a nice twist on it. I really liked it. And even in the movies, like, you know, Thor the Dark World and stuff. I thought Loki was really good in those. This isn't specific to me, but online reading some other people's comments about it, they didn't particularly like the fight scenes. They didn't feel that they were that well choreographed or that interesting. And I can kind of see that. There, there's not many of them in this. And the ones that are there are, are like nothing, nothing amazing comes from them. So I would say that's probably the biggest negative. It's not really that kind of show. There is action in it, but the action wasn't really the focus of the show. But when they do, when they do do the action, it's not particularly well done. The hand to hand more than there's other types of action that's pretty well done, but the hand to hand stuff's not that great. In terms of action, maybe uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was better in terms of the action. Yeah, but. In terms of the overall intrigue and story and everything else, basically everything else, I think this was better. In terms of rankings, if I were, were to rank it, would be Loki, then WandaVision actually for me, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier. In terms of the the order, if I if I would ever... You're going to piss off a lot of people saying WandaVision's your second favourite. It is. People well, hate that show for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I don't know why people when when WandaVision was on, people liked it. I don't know what happened afterwards. Like people have just and then people just like <laughs> went off it. <laughs> people have just like turned on it. But um, I actually yeah. still like it. I think there was mystery in WandaVision. I, I just I just thought it was a bit more engaging than the, there was parts in yeah. Winter Soldier that I just wouldn't watch again. Like there's it doesn't have that much re rewatch value for me. It goes this, then Young Sheldon, and then um. Big Bang Theory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is better than Young Sheldon. Just, just, yeah. yeah. Actually, no, I'm reversing it. Young Sheldon's better, <laughs> and then this, and then Big Bang Theory. Where do the other um, sitcoms sit 
in that in this conversation. Oh, it will take. We got to do another episode. We got okay. to do another episode. It will take too long. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But these yeah. are the top. Like this is tier one. The top three. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Anything else non-spoiler? It's hard to talk about this non-spoiler. Like, uh, no, I think we should just go spoiler because if you haven't seen it now, you haven't seen it at all. You're not going to watch it. Yeah. So well, I know some people wait spoilers. till all the episodes are out and then watch it, but even then they might have already watched it. Even then, now. you've had a couple of days. So, yeah. It's only six episodes. Each one's like 40 minutes. You could knock it over 40. in a day. I actually didn't watch this week to week as well. Not because I planned to not watch it. I just, well, I, was, I just got busy and I didn't watch it week to week. So, I actually didn't watch the first three episodes when they came out and I watched all three before episode four came out. So I essentially watched the first four episodes all together. So any week to week suspense, I didn't experience that. So it was just basically immediate for me. And then from four to six, stuff still happens, but I think some of the uh, suspense that's involved in the show was kind of lifted after the first four episodes anyway. But yeah, I liked it and I recommend it and it's another cognitive recalibration. Yeah, definitely. I I don't know why I'm not like, this is just brilliant, is maybe because the way it uh, ended, like there's, obviously there's going to be season two, but I feel like there's uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions at the end. I liked how it ended. I think it answered enough questions, but still left enough intrigue. It wasn't one of those shows that you get to the end and it's like, what was the point of that? You didn't answer anything, like... We're at the we don't we don't understand anything more than we did at the start. It's not that you get more information at the end, but there's still some stuff that's left in the air, which I think is good. I personally loved it. I thought it was really great. To be honest, I thought this was going to be the weakest out of the three because I thought it wouldn't be that connected, and it would just. I'm like Loki's dead, so like, why does this end? Why does this matter? Like a Black Widow type situation, but it's actually it's actually quite integral and think it's going to have some big consequences it's good because it is it's it's kind of disconnected and connected at the same time so you could watch yeah this anything could happen in this and like anything could happen in this and it won't affect uh, or it won't affect any of the previous movies yes but whatever happens in this does affect what's coming after and because of the way it's set up it, it will affect the stuff after this but it could also not affect the stuff after this just depending on where things stand it's one of those shows where it's like you're not wondering why Thor doesn't come in and help him or something like that because it wouldn't make sense. So everything makes sense as to why it's just him in this universe. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other shows, because they're still, without going too much in spoilers, like they're, they're, in, a, they're in the same timeline. So that's why you, you it's not required. Sometimes you're like, why isn't this character here? Why aren't other people getting involved? But in this, you never question that because it's a completely different thing. All right, so let's jump into some spoilers. So if you haven't seen Loki and you care about spoilers, go watch the show. We recommend it. Go watch it and then come back to this point and we'll talk full spoilers. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so we'll do what we normally do. We'll go through each episode and just point out anything of importance. has been six weeks since I've watched the first episode, so... My memory may be a bit fading on it, but I, I do remember most of it. Yeah, I attempted to do another rewatch, as I shared on Instagram, but I didn't. I didn't have time to get through all of it. But I, I remember most of it as well, so we can we can go through it in detail. So in the first episode, basically, it's linked to Avengers Endgame. That scene in Avengers Endgame where Loki uses the Tesseract and he gets teleported somewhere, and then we get introduced to this this organization called the TVA Time Variance Authority. So a lot of this episode is a bit of exposition. So you he gets captured and he gets taken. Basically, these people are like the time police, I guess. It's John Claude Van Damme. Is that a movie? He's the time. He's the time cop. Ah, uh, time cop. Yeah. What's that? What's that game? Time Crisis. Time Crisis. Yeah. Basically, they're the time police. So if you if you do any mischief, mischievous activities with time and you, you do something that you're not meant to, then they turn up and they capture you. I mean, a lot of this show is built around this uh, this organization and what it's meant to be, uh, what, what it's saying it is and what it actually is, I guess. So uh, that's that's where a lot of the intrigue is. There's like multiple levels of intrigue in this show. So there's firstly, there's this stuff going on with the Time Variance Authority and the, the head of this organization or the heads of this organization, which are meant to be these timekeepers. And then there's... All this other stuff with the multiverse, multiverse stuff happening. So obviously, there's different branches of time. There's different variants of characters, which is a concept introduced in this episode. And Loki is one of the variants of the multiple Lokis. And obviously, there's variants of every character. That concept is introduced in this um, episode, and then it's explored further as we go on in the series. What are you going to say? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I just made you lose your train of thought. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that was pretty much what, what the what the first episode is. You get introduced to a couple of new characters. So Mobius, not Morbius, Mobius. And his name is Mobius M. Mobius. He's like Aaliyah Aaliyah or 
I'm trying to think of someone else that has the same first name and last name. There, there, there is people out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are people that, and he's. I don't know what his middle name is because it's also M. So maybe it's Mobius. Yeah, Mobius. it could be Mobius as well. Mobius. Yeah. yeah. Played by Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Wow. How many times did I say wow in this show? Never. I I looked. Never. <laughs> yeah, it actually it doesn't. Does have you seen the yeah. Have you seen the videos that people are putting together where um they just put in randomly saying wow in, like in in the, in the show in the show yeah. yeah. I reckon there was points in this show where he could have said wow and they actively went against it, which I'm disappointed at. That's a negative actually. Put that in. Yeah. He doesn't say wow in this show. Owen Wilson doesn't say wow. <laughs> Does he says wow in every everything he's in, right? I don't I don't know if everything, but he says it in lots in of things. A lot of things, in. yeah. 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 I watched the internship and he says it. He says it. He in says that. it in that. Yeah. yeah. He says it a couple times in that. Yeah. And we're also introduced to this character of the judge, the judge Ravona Renslayer. So she's sort of not well, she's not the head, but she works she's like the next in line, I guess. She's like the highest officer for the TVA. So we get introduced to her character and also some of the other characters that uh what are they called? Like the the people that work at the TVA, like the, the cops essentially, the ones that go out in the field. At the end of the episode, basically Mobius – actually, a lot, quite a lot happens in the episode. So uh, Loki finds out everything that happens to him after he left that timeline. So he finds that he – they can watch Marvel movies on this, on, on this little <laughs> device that they have, so they can watch all the Marvel movies. And he watches all the – But only the scenes with Loki in it. Yeah. Well, this this is like a mixtape. of the, They've just taken scenes of Loki and they've, they've put it together. But then they'll probably have like the other ones – in, in different tapes as well. So, yeah, Loki watches, like, the highlights of all of his scenes in, in all the Marvel movies, and he watches himself, uh, like, he watches his demise. He watches how he dies at the hands of Thanos. This is a Loki from Avengers 1 as well. So it's, it's a very different Loki to the Loki in Ragnarok, for example. They kind of fast-forward all his development into this one episode, uh, and a lot of this episode is also just conversations between him and Mobius just having a chat and trying to figure out what Loki's purpose is or what he thinks his purpose is, which was, which was interesting. Basically, by the end of the episode, they Mobius is trying to recruit Loki to help capture a rogue variant who's been going across timelines and causing a bit of havoc. It's revealed at the end of this episode that it's a variant of Loki that they're trying to catch, and that's why they want Loki, this Loki, to help capture the other Loki. I found it interesting in this episode how Infinity Stones basically don't mean anything here. They just keep them in like a cabinet. Like there's like a bunch of Infinity Stones just sitting there. So basically in the TVA, where does it sit exactly? Like it's just like a, it's it doesn't sit in any time. It's just a, it's like independent of time. Yeah, yeah. well, there's theories about where it sits. Do you, do you want me to go through them now? We're in spoilers. Yeah, you can go through it now. Well, people think it's in the quantum realm somewhere because in Ant-Man... The second Ant-Man, Ant-Man, the one the with the wasp, yeah. that one. The official title is what I called it, but yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ant-Man, the one with the wasp, yep. Yeah. <laughs> when they're in the quantum realm, they see these like little cities in like bubbles. So potentially the TVA could be in, in there. Could be, but so within the quantum realm, it's not that time's frozen. The quantum realm sits outside of time. I thought it was not, it's not outside of time, but rather it's like a, because when Ant-Man is in there, he's in there for like five hours, but when he comes out, it's been five years. Is it just that it So, it's moves, a time dilator. Is, it just moves extremely slow, so they don't really miss anything, or I don't know. Or maybe 
or you can just come out at different points in time, right? Because that's what yeah. they're doing in Avengers Endgame. You can just come out in different exactly. points in time. I think that's plausible. I think it's probably in the quantum realm. If they even need to say where it is, they probably don't need to. But if that becomes a plot point, then I think it will be. We'll get into it after we go, all the, go through all the episodes. But this is connected to multiple things that are coming up, and we can talk about that. But yes, that, that's well, that's basically the first episode. It's a bit of setup, but it's interesting setup. You're following this character that's that is basically hard to hard to trust anyway. So you're kind of trying to figure out what's what's happening as well. Bit of trivia in this episode, they show that Loki before we before we sort of saw him in the in the MCU, he did some stuff in the past as well. So one one thing that they show is he was DB Cooper. So he went, he went on this flight and he demanded $200,000 in ransom from the US government and then he jumped out of the plane. It's a real life guy that has never been found, but the notes that they gave to him have been found. So people are like, did he survive? Other people are like, nah, he just died and they never found his body. That's probably what happened. Yeah. So apparently they recreated basically what happened in that situation, except when he- The only difference is, I think- is when D.B. Cooper, you might know this, but D.B. Cooper jumped out of the plane. It was nighttime, wasn't it? It was nighttime and it was raining. Yeah. And here yeah. it's like bright sunny It's like day. day. But essentially, yeah, they, they recreate that situation. But he got up to a lot of mischief. Well, he's the god of mischief. So he got up to a lot of mischief in, in the past. One of the structures in the TVA has T282 written on it. And this refers to the comic The Mighty Thor issue number 282, which fe- featured Immortus an incarnation of the time-traveling villain, Kang the Conqueror. So take what you want from that. And at the 34 minute and 10 second mark, a TVA Minuteman is... Minuteman, that's what they called Minuteman. Yeah. Policeman, yeah. A TVA Minuteman is escorting a woman who looks suspiciously like Peggy Carter from Captain America. Yeah, or it could just be a woman. It could just be... Another woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, in, let's move on to episode two. So in episode two, uh, that's when he joins the mission to find this other variant, this other supposed Loki, and they go back to 1985 in Wisconsin. They go to that Rex Corp supermarket place. Yep. Loki finds out that she's hiding in apocalypses. Oh, he. Spoiler. It's a she. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she she's hiding in apocalypses, so he... Finds out that this is the most likely apocalypse that she's hiding in. That's right. Yeah, he does some investigative work where he looks at, yeah, potentially where you could not get detected, and basically you you can't get detected in any apocalypses because it's going to happen anyway, and uh, it doesn't matter what you do. So you could go and like stuff up anything, and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Well, all the people died. Everything's nothing can change after that anyway, so it doesn't matter. There's no, but there's like this little, in the TVA, there's a little line that tells you if it's verging off the the timeline. So you can't change the timeline in an apocalypse. What, what do they call it? The, uh, the sacred timeline. The sacred timeline, yeah. If it, if it diverges from a sacred timeline, they can monitor it. And I like how the, the tech in the TVA, it's like a, obviously it's like highly technologically advanced, but it also looks like it's from like the 60s or something, like the screens and stuff that they have. So it's like a weird mix of eras. High tech plus low tech. (laughs) And then we find out that the variant is a female version of Loki, a version that calls herself Sylvie. I don't think that's in this episode, but you find out next episode. She's out to get the TVA. She wants to figure out what's going on with the TVA. That's her mission. Exactly. And I think this episode ends with our Loki 
following this variant Loki somewhere. Roxcart, which is the supermarket that they're in, it looks like a, it's not a supermarket, it's like a Costco type thing. It's got everything. It's a reference to the infamous Roxcon Corporation or Roxon Corporation, which is the corporate front for Hydra. And I think it featured in... It was in Miles Morales. Yes, Miles Morales. Yeah. yeah. And it, it appears in various other forms. So it was in Agent Carter. It's in Iron Man 1 as well. In the background, you see a sign for Roxon. Yeah, Roxon. Yeah, it's in Iron Man and it's even it's in a one-shot as well. The funny thing that happened on the way to Thor's hammer, which is when uh, Coulson... It's when Agent Coulson, yeah, beats up these guys. Beats and, up uh, some guys, yeah. Know. So that's a reference to that. The variant in this episode is based on Lady Loki, which is a female version of Loki from the comics. But Sylvie Lushton is a version of the Enchantress from the comics, who's actually a character... Yeah, so my... Uh, you keep going. Uh, yeah. I'll remember this time. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> Enchantress was actually created by Loki. So there's potential yep. theories that she actually isn't a variant and she's actually another person. But anyway, go on. I think that they're slightly... Because MCU doesn't always strictly stick to the comics, so I think they're slightly changing it and Sylvie's character is going to become Enchantress from the comics, basically. Yes, who's actually a villainous character, but, I mean, so is Loki. So. And she's she's villainous in this anyway. Yeah. She's not completely, like, completely a hero. I guess she's more of an anti-hero. The powers that Enchantress has, so she, she enchants people. That's why she's called Enchantress. Yeah, but, which uh, is very similar to what Sylvie does. What Sylvie does. So uh, her mm. powers are actually quite different to the Loki that we've seen before as well. So she's not really... Like the same Loki, but you find out later there's all these other Lokis as well. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to pivot to her being Enchantress. Yes, yes. Episode three. This is when they they go to the TVA first and then they do a little fight. Loki tries to stop her and then they teleport to a, Another a planet. planet. Yeah, Lamentus. Yes. Which is the, the name of the episode. The previous episode was called The Variant. Lamentus is the... It's like an apocalypse event on a planet, right? Essentially, they get transported there, but then this Tempad, which are these uh, little little devices that they use to travel across time, gets destroyed, essentially. Well, initially it's not, but then afterwards it's uh, it, it does get destroyed when they're on this train. So this episode was more just the two Lokis getting to know each other. Uh, then they decide that they're going to leave this planet Firstly, the Tempad gets destroyed. So I think the whole plan was that they use the Tempad to get back to the TVA and then they do stuff, but then the Tempad gets destroyed, but then they decide that they're going to leave the planet and get back to the TVA somehow anyway. But that doesn't happen because they run out of time. Well, initially, the Tempad doesn't have battery, so they have to go to the power source and then charge it and then get out, but then the Tempad gets destroyed anyway. So then they're like, oh, maybe we could try and get off the planet, but they... Don't end up doing that either. Yes. And the episode ends with them watching the planet get destroyed, essentially. I've heard, I think people said that this episode was a bit of a filler, but I didn't think it was. Yeah, it kind of builds on, well, as the show progresses, they kind of end up having a relationship. So it kind of builds on that a little bit. So this is them kind of getting to know each other and their similarities, dissimilarities, all that kind of stuff. Character-building episode, I think. In terms of trivia, this episode reveals that the workers of the TVA weren't created by the Timekeepers, but they were all variants. So this was a revelation that Sylvie says, essentially. So she explains it. So I guess this also gives a hint as to why Mobius is uh, so into his jet skis. So maybe he, he 
used to do that stuff before. He was a jet skier. And Loki throwing his glass on the floor and shouting another is a reference to what Thor does. Maybe that's just what they do in uh, Asgard. They just break glass. Yeah. <laughs> they just want another, but they just, they've got unlimited supply of glass. So they just they can just keep smashing stuff. And this is the first episode not to feature Owen Wilson. So obviously there's no wows in this one. Episode four is the Nexus event. In this one, they create a Nexus event. That's what happens. So basically, a Nexus event is when there's a branch from the time, the sacred timeline, right? So something happens that is not meant to happen. Yeah, exactly. It, it branches off and it's starting a new timeline, essentially. Because they create this Nexus event, and basically just happens because two variants, maybe this has never happened before, but two variants are basically showing feelings for each other or showing emotions for each other. And basically that creates the the diversions. And then the TVA are able to find the two Lokis and they bring them back. And it's in this episode that Mobius starts figuring out that maybe something is not quite right with the TVA because Loki tells him that, oh, this is also the episode where Loki goes into this loop. time. It's like a loop of him just getting slapped and beaten up by Sif. He's put in a time loop. And we, we see the return of the character Sif, who is still alive, I think. Well, we don't know. She's in Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, is that confirmed? Yeah, yeah, confirmed. They capture both of these Lokis. Mobius has a conversation with, with our Loki, and he finds out that maybe something's not quite right because Loki tells him that everyone's variants. And Mobius, first he's like, oh, you're just saying this to, to get out of, you know, getting in prison. But then he afterwards he has a bit of a – he reflects a bit, and then he figures out that something's not quite right. And then there's this other minute woman that – features throughout the series but she b33 i think her name is yes b33 something like that so she has an encounter with sylvie and then sylvie shows her that she actually had a life before as well and she figures out that something's not quite right and she goes a bit rogue for the rest of the season and you also find out what sylvie's plan is she wants to destroy the time variance authority because they basically tried to prune her when she was a kid that's right yeah is it in this episode where in the in the beginning that you find out when she was taken away when she was a kid? There's a bit of a uh, prelude to this episode where you see Sylvie as a as a child and when she was taken away by the TVA, and they don't really explain what she did wrong. Like she was just. I think it's implied because she's a girl Loki that she was taken away. There's theories that she Enchantress again is is a character that was created by Loki. So maybe she was not meant to be created. Oh, and, and the thing is, like, the sacred timeline is the timeline the MCU's been in this whole time. So any other Loki, other than the Loki that we know of, has to be pruned or has to be destroyed. So it doesn't matter what she did. It's just she's different, so she has to go. Because the only Loki that can stay alive is our Loki. And then he has to die at a certain point and he can't stay alive past that point. And this is the first episode that actually has a mid credit scene as well. This is the episode where they end up meeting the timekeepers and they figure out that everything's not quite right. Yeah. So first off, Mobius finds Mobius and Loki team up and then Mobius gets pruned, which is when they hit it with this light stick or whatever. And then she takes Sylvie, Renslayer takes Sylvie and Loki to see the timekeepers. And then they have a little fight and they find out that the timekeepers are fake. And then in that, in the process of that, Loki gets pruned as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah Loki gets pruned as well by Renslayer. The timekeepers are just these robots, essentially. 
they're not even real entities. So they're just a they're just a facade for something else. And then the end credit scene or the mid credit scene is when Loki, basically when you get pruned, you're not dead. You get transported to this void, which is at the end of time, and there you, I guess, you die because there's this big, massive purple cloud that consumes you called Elioth. And in the end credit scene, you see a couple of variants of Loki. And then the next episode, you kind of get a bit, bit of backstory about some of those Lokis. That's right. Yeah. So in this mid credit scene, you see boastful Loki, alligator Loki, which is my favorite one, kid Loki and classic Loki. So classic Loki is like the one from the comics. He is basically the Loki that we know, but at some, before he gets killed, by he casts an illusion and Thanos thinks he kills him and then he runs away to a planet where there's no one else and he hides there until he becomes really old. And he wasn't meant to do that, so the TVA... So Loki's meant to die when Thanos kills him, and if he doesn't, then the Lo- the TVA doesn't like it. That's right. Kid Loki kills Thor, so that's why he gets he gets pruned. Obviously, kills him when they're kids, and then... Boastful Loki, you don't really know, because he keeps lying. Well, he's got a hammer, so I don't know. He's got some sort of hammer. And uh, Alligator Loki... Well- Alligator Loki... Kills a cat or something, doesn't he? Kills a neighbor's cat. Is that is that what they say? That's what they say. Okay. Yeah, but he's also an alligator, yeah. so I reckon that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there is this like animal universe, this weird creature universe for Marvel. So Thor's like a frog who also makes a cameo in this episode. Is it this one? No, it's the next. It's episode five. No, no, it's episode four. Episode five. Yeah, yeah. Episode five. we're talking about episode five, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, we, we, I guess we are. There's also ruins of Stark Tower, which are visible in this, in this, the previous episode and this episode. Apparently, it's not the Stark Tower, but it's the Chang Tower. Yeah, so that's when it gets bought out after Age of Ultron. That's right, and apparently Chang Enterprises, who acquired the tower from Tony Stark, is a company that is owned by Mr. Grayfon, who is another alias for Kang the Conqueror. He has many, many aliases. He's known by many names. So we're, we're talking about episode five, which is Journey into Mystery, which is a direct reference to the comic where Loki was introduced, Journey into Mystery. Also in this episode, there's a, f- there's a few Easter eggs. One of them is you see Yellow Jacket's helmet, like a really big, really big size of Yellow Jacket's helmet, which also lends to the theory this might be in the quantum realm, because the last we see of the Yellow Jacket, he gets squished into the quantum realm. Is that what happens to him? In Ant-Man 1. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember Ant-Man goes into his suit and then he destroys the part and he shrinks to he shrinks into the quantum realm. Ah, okay. So maybe Yellow Jacket's uh, still around. So that's one of them. A funny one is the Thanos copter, which is from a, a comic where Thanos gets... He, he attacks the Avengers in a helicopter and then he gets arrested by the police at the end of the, end of the comic. I think it's in a Spider-Man comic. And that was in this episode as well. And then there's lots of other Loki variants in it as well, like President Loki and... Other Lokis. Various other ones. There's lots of them. They're all in one scene. Throg, which is Frog Thor. Throg, yeah. You see him briefly. Apparently, he was voiced by Chris Hemsworth. I didn't hear... Does it say anything? No, they removed the scene where he actually talks. Yep, yep. There was going to be a scene where he talks, but they removed that scene. Other things that were in this, this void were TVA food trays. Obviously, they just ended up there. There is a helicarrier. Yeah, and that helicarrier is from Winter Soldier. There's also a statue of the Living Tribunal. Which is 
just this all-powerful guy in the MCU. And he's mentioned in Doctor Strange, the first one. There's some weapon. Uh, yeah, the Baton of the Living Tribunal or something. Something like that. Mordo and Doctor Strange are training together and says, one of them wields. Yeah, I think yeah. Mordo gets it. Yep. One other thing, there's this little lair that the, the four Lokis live in. There's an arcade game called Polybius, which is in this lair. I know about this. So apparently this is an this is an urban legend that emerged sort of early 2000s. So this game never existed. No, no. It's, it's, a, it's one of those crazy American conspiracy theories that apparently the CIA made this game to to affect mind control in some way. So apparently it was some psychology experiment funded by the uh, CIA. But, yeah, it doesn't, as far as anyone knows, it doesn't exist, but obviously it exists in this void. So maybe it, was, uh, it was, wasn't ever meant to exist, so it got pruned. Anything else on this episode? No, there's a fa- fair few Easter eggs, though. And at the end of this episode, they decide to... So Sylvie prunes herself. She comes to the void. Mobius is still alive. He's in the void. So Mobius decides to go back to the TVA because Sylvie has a temp pad that he could use to get back. And Sylvie decides that whoever's controlling the TVA is being guarded by a light. So they they basically use their... The Lokis work together, use their enchanting powers to get a light to show them this little castle. And classic Loki basically yep. builds a full illusion of Asgard. Asgard, um, yep, yeah. to distract a light while they, while they enchant him. Yeah. And then he dies. Well, he gets consumed by Lyth. Sylvie and Loki figure out a way to get... They basically enchant a Lyth, and they, at the end of this episode, you see them entering this uh, creature because there's something inside. It, yeah. it, they see this castle, and they, yeah. yep, they, yeah, it's they're a, going into it's it. It's a citadel. Yeah, I guess we, we can jump into the next episode, and we'll talk about who's in here. Episode number six, the final episode for this season, for all time always, which is the motto of the TVA. Is the, is the title of the episode. So before I jump into the actual episode, how do you feel about having the Marvel fanfare at the beginning of every episode? Do you think it's a bit overkill or do you not mind it? What do you mean? Like the full Marvel, like you know what they have at the beginning of every Marvel Oh, movie. yeah. No. Do you think it's yeah. overkill to have it at the beginning of every episode for a 40-minute episode? No, not really. It's like it goes for like five seconds, like ten seconds. It's not that bad. I, yeah, I mean it's like thirty seconds. But yeah. in the the reason I bring it up for this one is because they because they change it for this one, and they have they have the voices of many real world people and also people from the MCU. MCU. Greta Thunberg is in the MCU. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I read an article that said that. <laughs> yes, well, you hear her voice, but yeah, you you jump into this and then you find out that. This citadel, it's basically the end of time. Like this is the this is where the end of time is. And we haven't talked about this this character, but it's this little cartoon. Uh, it's like a little watch um, character. Mm. Uh, what's her name? Minute Miss Minute Miss Minutes Miss Minutes Yeah Miss Minutes Yeah. So she's sort of in on all of this. She just seems like an innocent cartoon character, but she obviously knows what's going on. Loki and Sylvie are basically exploring this little citadel. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And concurrently, Mobius is having a conversation with Ravona Renslayer as well. I think she knows that she's a variant now. Is it in this episode where that other rogue minute woman goes back in time to like 2018 and finds Renslayer before she was... I think at this point, Renslayer knows that it's all kind of a hoax, but she wants to play along with it. She still wants to see where it takes them. Yeah, because she's like, it all must have some purpose. 
and something must be happening. She basically leaves. She's like, I'm going to go find freedom or something. Yeah, and she she just leaves. And then Mobius is obviously not a, he's not a field agent type guy because he, he, he goes to try to like fight her and he just, he just gets owned. Gets immediately beaten. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's not a hand-to-hand co- combat guy. That's not listed in his uh, abilities. Well, you know, when I go through no. comic book abilities, so that's not one of his. One of his is just being uh, looking at jet skis, I guess, and being happy. Yeah, if only the fight was on a jet ski, he probably would have won it. <laughs> so she ends up leaving, and then he's just still in the TVA. And then you switch back to Loki and Sylvie, and they end up meet- meeting this mysterious character who's referred to as He Who Remains. And I immediately knew who it was because, firstly, this because of the casting. Yeah, <laughs> firstly, they they told they've casted this guy as Kang the Conqueror in the the next Ant Man movie. So we. Jonathan Master. So when I saw him, I'm like, well, he's not playing two characters. Well, he could be, but they've already mm-hmm. casted this guy. Well, I think there's a bit. I think there's a bit more, bit more about it than we think. But we go through it. But you're correct in terms of he's he's playing that character, a variant of that character, I guess. Um, as we've yeah, like they've established there's variants of any, and he talks about it later as well. And I know some people found this a bit underwhelming because maybe. They're just like, it's just this guy. All of this led to this, just this guy. And I think that's for people maybe that don't know the comics. We, I mean, I don't know the comics that well either, but we have seen Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes and there's a, a massive arc in that, in that series. This is an animated show, a good show. If you haven't watched it, I recommend it. There's a two to three episode arc in that series where Kang the Conqueror is one of the main villains. In that series, I found out like Kang is like a big deal. He's like, he's a, he's a really big, villain for the avengers and basically he's a big deal i was actually quite excited when i saw jonathan masters because i was like because i knew that this was leading to something big and it had to be someone big had to be behind this and because it was time related and kang is very much a time traveling villain i thought it had to be kang and i was happy when i saw him i was like this is not kang this is probably this is a variant of kang but this just confirms that kang is coming i had the opposite reaction to a lot of people because i knew what this meant. What I was going to say is, if you listen back to our Endgame episode and you say, you asked, what do you think's going to come next? I actually said, I think Kang's going to come next. So Because they've stuffed around put the that time. in my column. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put put a tick in my column so for that. That was, I think, uh, that was two years ago when we predicted, like more than two years ago when we predicted that. So we're going to give ourselves credit for, for that. He might not, he might not be the big bad, but I don't think they would do justice to his character if he wasn't the big bad because he he is like equivalent to Thanos, probably even more. The, the thing is, he's he is just a guy though. Yeah. He doesn't have any superpowers. He doesn't have any super strength or anything like that. He is just a guy. He is just a but guy, but he's a smart guy, <laughs> and he has the power of time. Basically, he knows everything that's going to happen, which is sort of explored in this episode as well. Essentially, a couple of things. If if um if you don't have anything else, to no, say, go ahead. I was going to say a couple of things about this. Uh, one thing that you said, you don't know if he's going to be the big bad. I think there's a couple of things coming up which we can go through once we get to the end about a couple of big bads that are potentially going to be the big things for the next things in the Marvel universe. Not particularly just from this show, but from other stuff, and. I was actually really impressed with how they play. Like we said, this is probably not going to be Kang. This is a variant of Kang. Kang's going to be overall a different character. But in this episode, 
he kind of gives his backstory with the his little what is it like this? It's like that little claymation man. Yeah, yeah. They use it yeah. in um, Justice League. Is it? <laughs> it was, it was yeah. Another it's like, movie. but his backstory sounds very similar to Nathaniel Richards, which I think this character is Nathaniel Richards. And Nathaniel Richards is you guys may not have heard of him, but you would have heard of Reed Richards, who's in the Fantastic Four. So he's a a distant relative a of Reed Richards of in the future. Reed Richards in the fortieth century. So so essentially, uh, Reed Richards is known as being like one of the smartest people in the Marvel universe. So essentially, yeah. he's and this guy's meant that. to be. He's meant to be very, very smart, essentially. And he's also got way advanced technology compared to anyone currently. So my question is, because in the comics, he's like a purple blue character yeah yeah that's why i don't think this guy is kang i think kang's going to look different ultimately and i don't think he's going to be exactly the same he may retain some of the personality but i don't know if he's going to be exactly yeah the same. i mean in this he seems like a yeah. he's not like a Did menacing like, he's not like a menacing guy yeah. in this he's like a but i think yeah. that the people are saying that he's like this because he's been at the end of the time by himself for so long that is yeah, so he's a bit, bit crazy. He's gone yeah. a bit crazy. And I think I called him Jonathan Masters. It's Jonathan Majors. Apologies, Majors. Yeah, you before. did call him Masters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Jonathan Majors. <laughs> I think he played him like he was just having a bit of fun with him. But this is not the actual cat. Yeah. This is not how so he's going to. First be. off, he he played it amazing. Like he was the standout in this. I think he's the standout in the whole show, and he's only in that one episode. He played it really well. It's like a really like physical performance, and he's like having fun with it. But also at certain points, he's like really menacing because he just doesn't care. And he and he says like, "Oh, if you kill me now, there's other variants of me that you don't want to en- encounter." So he's basically foreshadowing that there's other versions of him that are much more dangerous than him. I personally want to see a more dangerous version of him with a similar personality because that would be pretty cool. Thanos was Thanos was very like stoic and he was straight to the point. And if you see Kang in the comics, he's, he's like, like a same. robot almost. He's the same, yeah. It's the same. I would like them to play it differently and have him be a bit more like he is in this. Not He's like over, not over-the-top menacing, but he's like comedic and jovial, but then he can go crazy as well. Yeah, but when when it, uh, when push comes to shove, he's, uh, he's quite powerful. When he's going through how he destroys all the other Kangs, it's actually quite menacing. How he like kills them all. So yeah, I think that would be interesting because if they do Kang like he is in the comics, his personality is not that much different to Thanos. So it's not; it wouldn't be that different. It would be too similar, I would say. So I would, I would like to see them play, see him play it like he played him in this, but an alternate version of it. So I think that would be that would be pretty cool. It's kind of like Ultron. How James Spader Ultron in the comics is not like the Ultron in the movie. The Ultron in the movie had like a bit of bit of attitude. He had like a he was, he was a bit more like I guess like James Spader. So maybe they'll do something like that. So personally, that was the highlight for me is Jonathan Major's performance and the revelation, which I saw coming, but I was happy that it was that. Well, we we had a bit of a bet using this uh, using a, a meme. The cryptocurrency Shiba Inu. So we were like, oh, we'll just transfer it to the Shiba Inu. Because um, I said, in the fir- after the first episode, not even the you first said episode. said that it would be Kang. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think before the first episode, I said, I have a feeling this is going to lead to Kang. And I wouldn't be surprised if he turns up. Technically, he didn't. This is not Kang, but this is a variant of Kang. I was, yeah, I was just happy to see him. When you, even when you said it to me last week, when you're like, I'm pretty sure Kang's going to show up, the concern that i voiced was yeah if kang shows up then either loki kills kang and they've wasted a villain or 
Kang kills Loki and then this shows it waste. So I'm like, why would why would they show Kang? He wouldn't show yeah, up. Yeah, but but then I, I did say it's probably going to be a it's probably going to be a variant of Kang, and because this variant dies, the actual Kang comes into the picture. Clearly, there's going to be lots of Kangs that are going to show up, and there's going to be some carnage that happens po- post this. Yes, not the uh, not the movie carnage. Let there be carnage, but no, no, no. He's not going to be Woody Harrelson's no, not part of this. But yeah, following on from this. Do you have anything else to say about the show, or are we going into a future? No, nothing in particular. With I, I just like the I like the climax. I, the climax. So the, this last episode, I think if you're not, if you don't know about Kang, I think you might be underwhelmed with this episode because I think the rest of the show probably led to something. It probably led to like a big, I don't know, big event in the in the in the last episode, but that. Didn't really happen. Like this episode was wasn't really even any action in this episode. It was just talking. There was some fighting where Loki and Sylvie fight each other. Yeah, and that was not really. It yeah. was like a minute, so it wasn't really a big a big thing. I guess one thing to mention is Sylvie is very adamant to kill this guy, whereas Loki kind of sees the uh, implications of killing him. The implications, yeah, and ultimately, I think Sylvie screwed it. <laughs> yeah, I think like, so. Yeah, yeah, I think there was. There was a way to do it without killing this guy because now, now the world's in peril. <laughs> yes, yes. And then you see there's like around this citadel, there's what you see all the timelines and you see them all branching. And the uh, interesting thing is some of them start connecting to each other. Uh, so they branch yeah, off. There's a branch, it branches yeah. off and then it branches again and then branches to another branch and connects to another yeah. branch. It's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I think he mentions there's a multi, there was a multiversal war. Yeah, yeah. And in order to- Which he won. Which he won. He yeah. ended the multiverses war. Yeah. 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 So uh, that is- And we can talk about where this is going to lead, but obviously there's there's a movie called The Madness, Multiverse of Madness. I Multiverse of Madness, the, yeah. The Order of the Words, but uh, Doctor Strange's movie, I think this is very definitely related to that. Well, going on from that, Loki's confirmed to appear in Multiverse of Madness now as well. Tom Hiddleston, Loki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and we didn't so, talk about uh, before. We jump onto w- what this might lead to. So Loki, he ends up getting transported to the TVA, but it's not the TVA that he came from. It was another timeline. Yep. So he's either in an alternate timeline. No, he he most definitely is in an alternate timeline. Yeah, and um, he sees Mobius, and basically Mobius doesn't know who he is. And then I don't know if you agree with me. This is a very Planet of the Apes kind of. <laughs> Kind of uh, reveal at the end. I didn't. So what? What is this reference to? I don't remember this in Planet of the Apes. Is this what happens in Planet of the Apes? At the end of, at the end of Planet of the Apes. So the what's that guy's name? Charlie Heston. Charlton Heston. Charl- okay, so Charlton this is Heston's the, character. The old yeah. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. The original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he travels. He is in out of out of space, and he travels to this planet where apes rule the planet essentially, and then. He gets off the planet and he travels back to Earth. Oh, no, that's the Mark Wahlberg version. I think he thinks he's on another planet that is ruled by apes, but then he realizes he's still on Earth and it's actually the Earth's, it's in the future and apes have taken over Earth because he sees the Statue of Liberty. He sees like the wreckage of the Statue of Liberty. So he realizes he's still on Earth. 
Does that happen at the end of the movie? It happens right at the end. So he escapes from the apes and he's trying to get off the planet, but then he realize and try and get back to Earth, but then he realizes he's already on Earth. Yeah, yeah. So okay, now I see the connection because uh, a lot of people have said this. I'm like, because when when people say there's so many Planet of the Apes movies, so I was like, I don't remember this in the uh, you know the James Franco. No, no, this is and, yeah original. Yeah, yeah, original Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yeah. Now that makes sense. And he basically Loki looks up and he sees a it's the TVA office but he sees a, a massive statue of of kang yeah or a variant of kang remains, yeah. but um it's yeah. yeah it's kang or a variant of kang so yeah that that makes sense and it ends on that shot there is a post credit uh, a mid credit scene it's not really a scene it's just a stat saying a scene, that there'll yeah. be a season two but yeah we can go into what this might lead to it is confirmed he's going to be in multiverse of madness i don't know to what extent he'll be in it and will sylvie be in it i don't know it's only confirmed that loki's in it so so who who else is so uh scarlet witch is in that movie because she's uh she's doing some crazy stuff on her end as well and dr strange is going to be in spider-man no way home which is also going to be some multiversal stuff happening in that so I don't think Kang's going to be in either of those. I don't think Kang's going to be in it until Quantumania. Which is, he's confirmed that he's in. And even in that, I don't think he's, he's not going to be like the main villain or anything in that. I think he's going to be in it, but he's not going to be. Or a variant of him will be in it, working with, with Ant-Man or, or something like that. And he might be the villain, but also the variant. But this directly kind of leads to both those movies in terms of they've opened up the multiverse. So... Now, Doctor Strange is going to have to fix the multiverse of madness, and also there's space for more Spider-Man to come into the Spider-Man movie. And what I'm also interested in is how Wanda figures into all of this. So the theory also with that is at the end of WandaVision, the scene that she hears her kids saying, come help her. So she's actually, that's when the multiverse opened up, so that this is happening concurrently with that. So the multiverse opened up, and then she's able to kind of see them through the multiverse, essentially. So that's when the branching started to happen, and then she's... Uh, that's when the branching started to happen. That's when she yeah, heard, yeah. probably in a converging branch, so maybe this branch was converging with that branch, and that's when she heard them. So yeah, that, that makes sense. And uh, there's also another thing, because the branching actually starts happening before she kills him. The branching already starts happening, so yeah, uh, basically... because he's not... He's not sure. He knows what's going to happen up to a certain point, and then after that point, he doesn't know what's going to happen, which is when the branching starts to occur. Obviously, the two main ones will be those two, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, but there's talk that Eternals, so there's a character played by Kit Harrington in Eternals, and apparently he plays a pivotal role in the comics in the fight against Kang, so maybe, I don't think Eternals will be about Black this. Knight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't think the I don't think Eternals will be about this, but maybe a post credit scene about this. There is something else I saw online where the in the trailer you see the Eternal ship, and it looks very similar to the it looks like it's made of the same materials that the Citadel is made of that Kang lives in. So there could be a connection there. So yeah, Eternals maybe a loose connection. Spider Man definitely a connection, which is the movie after that. The movie after Spider Man is actually Doctor Strange as well. So that's definitely connected Thor: love and thunder i'm intrigued by that as well i think it'll be a standalone mostly but there could be connections possibly just because i mean loki so um you never know who knows he might show up in it and maybe enchantress as well she might but overall uh and then after that it's 
I think the only one after that Marvel's is definitely and, um yeah. uh, is the that, the one that's definitely connected will be Ant Man, Quantumania. Who knows? Maybe the other ones are connected as well. So Black Panther, Captain Marvel, the um the Marvels, and Guardians of the Galaxy three, maybe. I think that'll be a standalone as well, Guardians three, because James Gunn's just doing his own thing. I think the MCU's putting through two main plot points. It's not like one big thing that's connecting everything. It's two big things. So I think the one of them is like more of a grounded Earth-based story and one of them is going to be like um, crazy multiversal stuff. So Kang will be the main kind of villain for the crazy multiversal stuff. And then in the grounded version, it's more they're going to create like that Dark Avengers team. The Thunderbolts and... uh and possibly the young Avengers, yeah. Yeah, like so far in Phase Four, I think I think you're definitely right. That we've seen two very distinct style of stories. So there's Falcon and Winter Soldier and Black Widow, with like these grounded spy thrillers, stuff happening on Earth, slightly less powered characters, and then we've had WandaVision and Loki so far, which have been these fantastical stories where crazy stuff's happening. So I think you're right. So I think. We're going to have a big bad for this, like, multiverse stuff. And then we're going to have the more grounded stuff, which is going to be a separate storyline. So I think Shang-Chi is going to fall under the grounded stuff with, with stuff happening on Earth. Uh, Eternals, who knows? I think that might be – I'm actually not too sure about that. That could be a combination because it's on Earth, but maybe it's related to multiverse stuff. Uh, but then there's, there's other ones which are obviously uh, – mostly multiverse stuff. But I have a feeling that initially it's going to be the the Dark Avengers storyline that they'll wrap up and then eventually everyone will get together it'll be like a Kang storyline that they'll that they'll do. So the multiverse one will be the big bigger storyline over the next two three phases, but over this one phase they'll probably do that Dark Avengers storyline. That Doctor Strange movie, that seems like that's a massive movie and it's also quite early in this phase it's only like the i mean there's, there's a lot of movies in this phase but it seems like it's pretty early uh it's it's only a matter of months away now like it's like six months away i'm just wondering if they put that like something happens in that movie where this whole storyline's put on ice for a bit like stuff's happening but you don't return to it for ages because then you you have the more grounded movies after that that's what i i, I feel might happen but who knows we rarely get it right. I've only got it right when I've said I think Kang's going to be in it. Yeah, so. well, we got that right. So, uh, well, we were thinking yeah. either Kang or Galactus, but I think maybe Galactus is after this if they ever do it. But, yeah, I think Kang. Maybe they team up or something. So, And I think this also, because we already know that there's a Fantastic Four movie coming, and I think having Kang as one of the main villains would also make sense because of his connection with um, Reed Richards. I think until they introduce Reed Richards, they won't, they definitely can't conclude this storyline because Reed Richards is probably going to play a huge part in fighting Kang. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be more of like an intellectual fight in terms of, because if you guys know, Reed Richards is like the smartest guy in the world in the comics. So even smarter than Tony Stark and whatever. So there'll be a bit more of a intellectual fight rather than punching stuff. And because of all this multiversal stuff, I wouldn't discount any of the other actors coming back. So anything's possible. So we could get Captain America back, could get Iron Man back, anything could happen. Everything's on the table now. Anything else? No, that's. I think that's pretty much it. We've, we've been pretty thorough. <laughs> yeah, this this is definitely... I think at, after Endgame, I was like, how's Marvel going to 
you know, keep going with this? Is it going to get stale? And I think definitely after Loki, this series, I think it's uh, there's so many different ways they could go that um, yeah, it's it's going to be so different to the first three phases. It's going to be next level. Agreed. I'm excited to see what comes next. Even those Sony movies, even though they're not that great, like the Venom movies, because there's threads that they might be in the MCU, because firstly, Michael Keaton turned up in one of the trailers. Was it for Morbius? Morbius, yeah. So maybe that's going to happen. They're doing Blade, and Blade doesn't really make sense without having Morbius as well. So who knows how it's all going to get linked. They could join the universes or they could be separate, but all options are open now. It's yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a a good good phase. Well, I think this will go over like multiple phases anyway. This storyline. So, hope you enjoyed this episode. So, if you want to get in touch with us and talk to us about your theories for the rest of the MCU, how do you go about it? So, we're on all platforms as a cognitive recalibration, or you can contact us on email at uh, cognitive recalibration podcast at gmail dot com. Yep, so I'll put the links to all of those in the description for this episode, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so via giving us a review on iTunes because that makes us more discoverable on search engines. And if you're listening via Spotify or any of the other platforms, if there is a mechanism for you to give us a review, uh, please do so because that will make us more discoverable. For podcasts, it is reviews that really drives the traffic. If not, just listen to our episodes and that, that counts as a download and that also goes into the algorithm. That brings us to the end of this episode. So depending on how this lockdown situation goes with us, we will be doing Space Jam and Snake Eyes next week. Yeah, if we could if we could get into watch Snake Eyes. I've already seen Space Jam, but you haven't, so we'll have to see what happens. So hopefully yeah. uh, our lockdown ends and we can go to the cinema. So then yeah. um but if not we'll see we'll otherwise see what we do. Yeah. I'll just review I'll just review Space Jam next week. <laughs> you had a great time with it, so I'm looking forward to that that yep. episode. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you're staying safe, and we'll see you all next time. See ya. So you thought that we forgot the Who Am I, didn't you? Well, we didn't. We did. (laughs) We we did, though. (laughs) We're definitely not recording on another day. It's it's definitely the same day and same place. It's all the same. We just... We just thought we'd do it after the episode for a change. Set yeah. all this stuff up again. and Yeah, nah, n- none of that happened. Yeah. Nah. My voice definitely doesn't seem more tired. <laughs> <laughs> so we will finish the Who Am I? So who, uh, I'll go through the clues again. Let's see who it was. So it's a character that was introduced in the comics in 1965 in the comic Avengers issue number 23. So the, the character is a daughter of King Corellius, a ruler in the 40th century Earth. The kingdom of Corellius was the last bastion of the civilization unconquered by Kang the Conqueror. Kang spared this person's life because he was smitten with her. Later, this character took another guise, and that that is that of the Terminatrix, and she took this guise to battle Kang himself. She is a skilled hand-to-hand combatant and is able to use technology far in advance of contemporary Earth technology. Who am I? Yes. That was the uh, the question that I definitely remembered from yesterday. <laughs> so who is it? Who do you, you said you knew uh, who it was? It's yeah, it is. It's uh, it's Ravona Ravona Renslayer. Yes, it is. So she also has a uh, another alter ego called Terminatrix, which we haven't seen yet. But basically, 
that character has a lot of association with Kang, obviously from the description that I read out as well. So we'll have to see where that goes in terms of the the show because as far as we know, she doesn't know who Kang is at the moment anyway. Yeah. I also wanted to mention, uh, so we didn't really talk about Sylvie that much, but she was pretty good in the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought we did talk about her. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, she's good. Yeah, she, so, she's so very Fia good. Di yeah. Martino. I don't think we mentioned it. No, but yeah, she we, was good. Yeah. We did. We did talk about her. I don't think we, we mentioned her name. I think her. we just said Tom Hiddleston. Okay, but yeah. we, I don't think we mentioned her name. But yeah, and uh, Gugu Mbata Raw as Ravona Renslayer. So yeah, all, all the cast was good. I think we mentioned that, but yeah, we might may not have gone into names. Cool. So I'll go continue editing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put this. Uh, <laughs> How long was this? Like five minutes? <laughs> it's like three minutes. So yeah, hope you hope you guys got the who am I? And this time we will actually say goodbye. There's no post. There's no post. We had like a post credit scene in this. It's like a post credit, post credit. Um, yeah. Who am I? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that there's nothing more after this. Or is there? Are we going to come back again? No, is there that's something it. Else? Please no. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> So uh, if there isn't something after this, we'll see you guys in the next episode. But if there is, we'll see you guys very shortly. (laughs) All right. Hope you guys are staying safe and see you later. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.